Cosmic Christ Podcast with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy by David Bezlian, bezlianstudios.com. Welcome back to Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ. I'm Reva Christ, and this is episode 31, part 2 of our special edition called Our Poisoned World. And my guest is Mercy Heavens. Mercy is an accomplished psychic and medium and a channeler of Christ. She's also my sister, and she will discuss her points of view on our poisoned world. Mercy has been working as a CNA for the elderly and has extensive experience in healthcare and dealing with the medical profession. In addition, she is also a researcher on the impact of environmental changes on human and animal health. Mercy is also my partner. She's the co-founder of the Cosmic Christ Center and all of its subsidies. She is the designer and the designing consultant of our website, channelingchrist.weebly.com, and she is the recording engineer of the podcast while we both share the job of producer and director. Welcome, Mercy. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. I would like to ask some questions so our audience will become familiar with you and what you do. I know that Christ asked us to take spirit names when we represented his cosmic ministry. Were you surprised over this? Uh, no, because he actually had messages that he gave me that he wanted to give people names. So he never gave me a name and you know, for much later, but it didn't surprise me at all. Did you like the name he chose for you? I love the name Mercy Heavens because Mercy is a name that represents altruism. And I think um, that's something that you know I admire. You admire altruism? I admire, because it's selflessness. Oh. It's putting um, others above yourself. It also represents compassion. Well, there's no greater um, attribute than mercy. No, there isn't. It, it represents uh, kindness, compassion. Um, and although, you know, this is funny. I'm, glad, I'm actually glad you brought up this because it's, it's bringing something to mind. And what it's bringing to mind is... Um, a lot of the dictionary meanings of mercy, all right, they say in the dictionary meaning that mercy is having um, compassion and kindness and forbearance towards people. And they do this to many of the words. They, they exclude all of the life forms. But I feel mercy is having compassion and kindness and, and altruism towards all life. That's really what mercy means. The ones who say it's only towards people, um, in my opinion, they have a screw loose. Well, you can, yeah, all you have to do is, who wrote the dictionary that you're using? Well, there are many of them and, have it, actually. Yeah, well, then look at the company, and those companies are the companies that are also destroying the world. Right. Because that's the philosophy that does destroy the world. It's the human race and nothing but the human race. You're on a planet, folks. Hey, guess what? You're on a planet. You don't yeah. exist. You're not, you're not right. piloting in the it, universe. And it's, it's not just you, but people, I don't know, I, I can't abide by that. Every time I see a word, and in the Bible they do this, um, the way they interpret the Bible, men, they always say, 
you know, oh, does murder doesn't include animals, and it's like murder includes everybody. It's a living planet, and everything on it's living, not just you. Yeah, it, there's just so there's too many words to go through right now. But oh my God, that's one of my pet peeves. And, not mine. But, <laughs> but mercy, besides compassion and kindness and altruism, I also think mercy represents um, a release from uh, pain and suffering and hardship and anguish. Uh, all the states when that you, man causes. Right, exactly. All the states that man causes. So I love the name Mercy, and of course I love the name Heavens, because Heavens, in my opinion, is a representation of godliness, which I think all human beings should be, which they're not. And godliness, by the way, is... Uh, I once said that to somebody, so I'm going to just add this. I once actually said to them, um, you know, all human beings should be godly. And their reply to me was, I don't believe in God. So I said to them, you don't have to believe in God to be godly. And you don't. Because godliness represents someone who is merciful, kind, compassionate. Someone who does have altruism. Someone who does want to release all life forms from pain, suffering, hardship, anguish, terror. So you don't have to believe in God to be godly. Okay. I would like to ask some questions. So, uh, uh, so what did you think about that? Why? No, you said, okay. So you must have had an opinion of that. What's your opinion of that? My experience on earth and uh, my interpretation of God go together. I don't see any representation of God on earth. Well, of course not, because men are here. But I do see a representation of the human dominator. The human, well, see, God to me is all of creation. It's the mountains, the, the trees, the valleys, and anybody, and anybody, the animals, and anybody, that means any human being who is kind, who's compassionate, who shows altruism, who does want to release um, anybody, all life forms, some suffering, pain, anguish. That, to me, is godliness. Well, I should rephrase what I said then, because in the first place, I'm a spiritual person. I was going to say I'm a spiritualist, but, you know, the definition for a spiritualist is actually someone who, um, you know, does voodoo and incantations and all this stuff, and that's not who well, I that's, am. Well, that's the human. Yeah. That's I, the human definition. You can I, be a spiritual... Just to let you know, right, that's their definition. I, I, I know it's their definition, but that it, this is leading up to what I was going to say. Because they've corrupt, because human language is corrupt, because humans have corrupted and twisted every word, I have to make up my own. So um, I consider myself spiritual and cosmic. Um, cosmic for me is not um, the planets of the universe. Cosmic is actually the metaphysical world. It's the cosmic mind. And uh, spiritual actually relates to the ethereal world, which is also the metaphysical world. So I consider myself metaphysical. I don't consider myself physical. I do not consider physical concepts. I don't relate to human concepts whatsoever. They're, they've been twisted to such an extent that I won't use them. So when I say I do not see God on earth, what I should have paraphrased is I do not see man's representation of God on earth. Man is not a representation of God. What I see God. is spirit on earth. 
I see spirit in trees, in grass, in animals, in insects, in birds, and snakes. That's and exactly frogs what and, God is. And every single creature on the face of the planet but man. It's I true. see spirit mm -hmm. in every single one of the kingdoms of the earth but man's. It's true. It's true. That is exactly true. Because everything that is made of God is still made of spirit. So if you were going to give yourself a, a name, what, what would you call yourself? A, a cosmist? What, what, <laughs> what kind of name could you give yourself? You, you said you'd make up your own name. I, I want to hear what name you might I make haven't up. Actually, um, I haven't actually made up a name for myself. Um, Jesus has constructed two different ministries. One is the Edenic, which is Eden in Christ, which represents the Eden philosophies, which govern um, the earth in its fresh perspective, not perspective man turned it into the polluted, corrupt environment. But before man got here, um, using the dream of Eden is to say the land was fresh and green and fertile, the air was clean, the water was clean, you know. So an Edenic would have that image in their mind and they would be in Christ because that is what Christ sees. That's how he sees the earth. He sees it being renewed as Eden. So that's one thing that he sees. The other thing is what I try to do myself is veer away from any physical concepts. That's just me, personally. Uh, Jesus wants to change the physical concepts, but I try to veer completely away from the matter world because the matter world has gravity waves and the human species is congested with them. And I just, I can't stand gravity, so I can't stand human gravity as well. It just, it just doesn't go with my, my spiritual flow. I, I'm all about the metaphysical, so I'm flying high, flying free, just like the bugglers. The bugglers, the bugglers, <laughs> in the air and everywhere, <laughs> flying high, <laughs> flying free. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's where I'd rather be. And, um... Uh, the bugaloos, incidentally, um... Uh, because there's a, there's a lot of young people out there, so they're saying, what the heck is she talking Sydney about? Sydney and Mary What's Croft. she singing? It, it's a television show from the 1960s, a children's television show. Sydney and Mary Croft. Young people in their 20s got dressed up as, um, well, to be quite honest, they look like fairies. They all wore wings. And um, they, they were the bugaloos. They were supposed to be uh, human-looking bugs of some sort, kind of like fireflies. And then the witch, who was Martha Ray, um, was against them. What was she? She was witchy poo? No, no? she was the witch. What was, on, yeah, what was her I name? I can't remember her name on the Bugaloos, her character's name. I can't remember any of the names. They were all British. It was a British show. Uh, I, I remember it, but it, it, I just, the, the one I remember more is H.R. Puff and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I don't know the name of the, uh, Jack Wilde was the boy on that. Yeah, I, he was Jimmy and the flute and, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, the, um, yeah, my concepts have to steer away from um, the human language because the, the humans have corrupted language too much. So everything's spiritual to me. Um, the, I don't see the human representation of God on earth. I see the spirit uh, in the earth and in the natural organic creations that God created. I don't see it in the human population. It would be nice to have um, more people be spiritual. Um, and have an actual unity in all the uh, people who were spiritual. Well, I don't believe you can be something that 
you don't relate to and you know I mean you, no very few people relate I found that out very few people relate to what we're doing you know but I'm always watching one of my favorite shows is Star Trek and I love science fiction and I know when all these science fiction shows they have this what, what's it called they all they get together and the people dress up they come to this thing it's called a con something a oh, con you're what is about that the conventions the conventions. conventions yeah, yeah. well i would think it would be nice to have a spirit con and have all spiritual they'd probably all people throw, they'd probably yeah. all throw sheets over their head and pretend they were ghosts they have no I, they have no way, I know i know no but I, i'm thinking of it in more of an intelligent way not in a um halloweeny way yeah well i, I don't think they think any other than halloween can you tell listeners about your gift of channeling Christ, how it came about, what your experience is as a channeler of Christ? Um, as a channeler of Christ, I can tell you that when you channel Christ, you're filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit means you're in a higher place. So you're filled with how can I put this? You're filled with um, the knowledge of worlds that aren't down here. Now, I know that's hard. That's probably going to be hard for anybody to even understand that. Yeah, it's astral world you're speaking of. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, uh, a lot of people wouldn't get that though. So I think for me channeling Christ is probably different than it is for you because I've been a, a psychic for so long. So I connect with Christ in a psychic way. When Christ came to me, uh, the first time I heard his voice, it was just a very echoey man's voice. Um, very bolsterous. And he delivered his messages like this. And uh, I didn't know what was going on. So you would say he gave them a God effect, as if he was speaking uh, yeah. from out of the clouds. Yeah. And um, mm. then I started to see actual clouds. That's funny you should say that. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw a light. And, He's very theatrical. Yeah. And this happened mm. for probably about a week. And then all of a sudden, the clouds. Th these were dreams, by the way. These weren't in my waking hours. That these were dreams. fantastic to dream that. Oh, it was wonderful. And yeah. I would get up in the middle of the night and I, w and I would write. You know, I would write everything down, and it was fun. And um, then he came to me. The, the clouds, I saw the clouds. Um, then I saw a burst of light come through the clouds, and then I saw him actually um, come towards me, which he floated, incidentally. So you saw um, the full-bodied Christ. The full body of Christ. And while he was coming towards me, he was, you know, giving a message. So that was that was pretty interesting. And then he just stayed with me. I mean... Night and day, night and day, he was giving me messages. But the uh, most things that he was doing at that particular time was giving me prophecies, things that were going to happen. And as a psychic, I, I would not only hear messages, I would have visions. And one of the strongest visions I ever had was the destruction of the Twin Towers. I remember uh, that you were upset over that for a very long time. Yeah, th it was actually uh, three months. It was for three months I had um, horrible dreams, horrible visions in the daytime, <coughs> dreams at night. Um, I saw it happen, and 
I didn't understand it until the day that it actually happened. And um, then, you know, it was, it was very upsetting for me. Another very upsetting one was the uh, Fukushima... I hope I pronounced it right. Fukushima? Fukushima? In Japan? In Japan, the earthquake. Which, by the way, they just had a 7.1 today. Oh, that's bad. It, well, it's, they said it was caused by still an aftershock from the 2011. Which oh, I, wow, really? Yeah. Well, they say aftershocks can come for years and years after. But anyway, that was the first um, recollection that I had of um, Christ you know, coming into my life. When I started channeling him, I actually started channeling Enoch um, first. And I couldn't tell the difference between the two. Well, I could tell the difference in the affect because Enoch has a voice that's very distinct. He speaks like a smoker. He's got a voice that's very like this. There's a, a bit of rasp in it. Not entirely raspy, though. And it's very deep and um, commanding. And he's very, um, not commanding in a bossy way at all. He's actually very matter-of-fact. And uh, almost careless in a way, the way, we, the way I, when I first met him. He was almost careless in the way he presented himself. Not that he was rude or insulting or anything like that. He just had a very... Um, unconcerned way of being, very abrupt and like that. And I didn't know it was Jesus. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of Jesus. And then gradually, as the messages um, increased, because I had very long dialogues. That, that's the diff I don't know how your channeling went, but mine was a dialogue. Mine was actually a dialogue. I don't know what was said. I can't remember. But all through my channeling experience, um, they would say something and you know, I would jot down everything they were saying, but I always had something to say. There wasn't any time they said anything that I didn't have something to say. So that's how mine became, became a dialogue. They would say something, I would answer. And they would answer or you. Or ask a question. They would answer me, you see what I mean? And then I would um, either make a comment about what they told me or I would have another question. So I, I just spoke in a dialogue. And anyway, that evolved and it wasn't what I say it evolved. It wasn't over years. Very shortly, the the male voice, I don't know if you'd call it descended or ascended, but it became a softer voice. There wasn't any gravel in the in the tone. There wasn't any like scratchiness to the voice and the the, the, the domineeringness of it, you know, went away and instead there was this this other voice and I knew right away this is different. This is different different you know, person is here because I'm an empath at the same time, so I, I can sense things. So, um, what I gathered now, you know, 10, 12 years after this occurred, is that um, Jesus sends people out to test you, to test the waters, to find out what you're about, to find your in out your intentions. They can actually read your energy fields, and from that alone, they, they know your impulses and your intentions. They know whether you're positively aligned or you're negatively aligned. They know whether you're serious or you're just um, out to have fun. So um, I, I actually met a lot of people. And when I did finally um, come in contact with Jesus, he hid. What do you mean he hid? <laughs> well, 
I see things as, as well as when I hear things. And um, it was almost like there was a black curtain and he was behind it. He didn't want to show himself at all. He, he didn't want to reveal himself to me. I didn't know why he didn't want to reveal himself to me. I, I never really understood that. But he didn't want to reveal himself to me. I'm a very uh, strong personality. I have, um, I'm demanding too. And um, I don't take any nonsense. And I will not be lied to. I won't take deception. I demand to know the truth. And um, I, I just, I don't care for games. So I would always call him out and, you know, why are you hiding? And, you know, like this. And I, I can't remember the exact dialogue of it. But what whatever happened, I upset him one day. Because I, I guess of how I am, being too forward, being too aggressive, being... My own nature is, um, you know, I'm fed up, and um, so you're assertive. Oh yeah, uh, I'm fed up, and and so I, you know, I act very assertive, and uh, I want the truth, and um, so I think the very first time I ever saw him, actually, he was a giant. I love he, you telling me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was that a was giant, funny. and he, it, it was like he was um, not far away, so that he was small. But he was far enough away that he could come over as if he was stomping his feet. And he said to me, I will squash you like a bug. And I, I don't know why, but he didn't intimidate me. I, I thought he was rather funny. And I said to him, no, you won't. You can't. <laughs> now, and why did he say that, though? What did, you don't I remember what you said to him? I remember what I said. Okay. No, you know, and a funny thing is, is I never put it in the book. I never put it in any book. But that was uh, one of our interactions together. And um, he immediately retreated. I mean, the, 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 he wasn't a, a giant anymore, and he didn't try to throw It's like he de he's, he's defeated so easily. Well, because he doesn't like confrontation. I didn't call, confront him. I just said, no, you won't. Yeah, well, he's not, he's not a man I wasn't, that takes confrontation. I wasn't impressed with his giant size or his I could squash you like a bug. I just I wasn't impressed. For some reason, I mean, because I'm so logical and so rational, which is another reason why I'm so frustrated, I see no point in any of this. But anyway, I know when I'm looking at an illusion. I'm, you know what I mean? So I knew what I was looking at wasn't real. I mean, it wasn't physical. You know, there was no physical giant there. It, it was like yeah. watching a television show or a, a you know, Sydney and well, Was Fox. this a dream or a waking hours? No, this hours? is a waking hours. Okay, this yeah. is waking hours. So this is like is this is like vision, astrovision. I mean, as a yeah. psychic, I yeah, I see things. It was an astrovision. Yeah, he was very upset with me, and yeah, told me he was gonna squash me like a bug. And when I told him, no, you can't. No, you won't. No, you can't. He immediately uh, just deflated. You know, I didn't feel that energy anymore. That I'll squash you like a bug. And I don't remember what came da came after it, so I think he may have gone away, and we didn't really speak for a while. Yeah. But um, my first astrovision, and I shouldn't be talking about this because this episode's about you, but I do want to say, before I ever I had that experience with Jesus, while I was speaking with Enoch and getting to know Enoch, within our first conversation, um, he was being very disagreeable. And I didn't really care for him at all. He wasn't being mean to me. It was just that I'd have to get my book to, to read it to you. Um, he was just talking about how 
Um, it gives them great pleasure to have conflict on the earth. Uh, he was just saying things like that, negative statements, as if they enjoyed the negative statements. I think they were probably doing that, though, to test you. What do you think about that? Yeah, and so I said to him, well, I, I would think I, you're acting like a barbarian. This is before I knew he was one. I said, you're acting like a barbarian. I would think it would do you more good to evolve out of your barbarianism. And then he changed his whole attitude. He told me he sincerely wanted to help me because I was honest and straightforward and I didn't have ulterior motives. And um, so then he said, do you want to go flying? And of course, <laughs> how did I not? And I suddenly, I just saw him. He, he was in a, a Roman toga, a white Roman toga. It was one of the short ones. And he had these lacings up his calves that went all the way down to um, sandals. And uh, he was pushing this wheel uphill. And he, and he put it on this chariot. It was an opened back chariot. And um, without my being able to say whether I did want to go flying or I didn't want to go flying, I was sitting in this chariot. And he was standing up in the chariot. And there were, I don't know how many. I think there were four winged horses that were white. And, and he took me for a ride. And I felt the wind on my face. It was a sunny day. We were in a canyon. And it was just, it was, it was very pleasant. It was very pleasant and it was very enjoyable. And, um. It was astro traveling. It was yeah. astro traveling. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And yeah, many I, people do that. I mean, that's not, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, they tell their stories and people say, oh, you're crazy. That couldn't happen. But, you know, things can happen. Your mind is a very, um, oh, well, when it's open, it's a very vast thing. You can pick up other worlds, other places, other minds. Well, well the way I interpreted it is, uh, first of all, they're spirits. They are not human anymore. There's no flesh and there's no gravity. So their minds are open. If they connect to your mind, they can have an image on their mind and you will see that image. If they have a motion picture in their mind because they're imagining themselves doing something, this will be like a motion picture. Just like you can imagine yourself doing anything. Right now, I'm imagining beating a cake because I want cake. So I'm imagining beating cake better. I mean, you know, if, if you were open to my mind and me to meet you, you would see me beating the cake better. See, yeah. you'd see an actual motion picture kind of thing in my head. And I think that's all it was. Well, um, see, I believe that because on my own um, abilities, my own psychic abilities, and I'm not going to get into this story, but... Um, the, when you were talking to me, like with the, um, what do you call that? Oh, the chariot. <laughs> I, I forgot what the thing was called. Um, it reminded me of um, the very first murder that I solved. And I, that to me is no different than the very first uh, murder victim that I saw. I felt how she died. I felt the attack. I Mm. saw that's gravity the that's, weapon yeah. but the, you, well, you felt the wind mm. you felt the wind so it's to me it's no different than that it's, it's no different than that at all i mean i was not being attacked you know do you know what i'm saying so without getting into the details of that particular time i think people would be very interested in your experience yeah yeah i mean but um, it's you know it's it's a long it's you know a long one but still it's mm. i'm trying to get 
to the fact that it's the same type of a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The exact well, same were, type of a thing. You were technically overtaken by a spirit who put you in their world, and you became them and lived their memory. Exactly. Right. Mm. Well, this is probably his memory. You know what I mean? This is probably something that he thought of when he was alive. Well, he took, he, he supposedly had many lifetimes and, and revisited all his life streams, so. Yeah, but he's a colorful character. Oh, he's so oh, he's a So idea. his imagination must be outrageous. Yeah, he's, I like him. Right. I, I wound up liking him more and more as I got to know him because of his um, affability. He's just very entertaining. I know you're working for the cosmic cause, but how do you view yourself and the work you do? Um, it's funny. Um, be, uh, this is going to go back to, do you like the name that Christ gave you? Well, um, in one of my books, which is called The Christ Civilization, um, one of the things that Christ did was he outlined what he wanted from a Christ community. And he was very specific with all the things that he wanted from a Christ community. And one of them was, and I don't know, this probably, um, you know, came about, I, I have no idea, but it probably came about because I'm very political myself. So um, I look at political things. But anyway, um, he was very dissatisfied with the politics that I was watching. He was very dissatisfied. So he doesn't like politics on Earth? Uh, no, no. Um, he thinks both um, the um, Democrat and Republican Party um, could be a lot better. They could be a lot better. And so he wanted to create his own uh, political party. And so he did, and he called them the Marvelist Party. Mm. And so I feel I am a marvelist, but not just a marvelist. I feel I am also um, an evangelist for right way thinking, right way action. Now, what's right way? Because they have right wing. Right way. Yeah. Well, right way would be, uh, you know, kindness, mercy, compassion, altruism, sympathy, empathy. But where people um, in, interpret these things for themselves. Oh, they, yeah. No, I, I realize that. And as far as right-wing politics is concerned, it's a load of bull. There's nothing right about it. It's all wrong. They call it right-wing politics, and it's like, you're not right. I mean, they, they do this far right and far left, and I mean, come on. Use another word. Don't use far right because there's nothing right about you. I mean, that's totally and absolutely, you know, ridiculous. It's it's just the whole thing is ridiculous. I don't relate myself to that in any way. I mean, even today, I mean, come on. All right? They, they think that they can hold these trials and these impeachments with impartial jurors. Hello? Those people aren't impartial. It's a sham. Mm. They're not impartial before the trial even started. Before the trial even started. They were going to acquit. That's impartial. That's not impartial. No, impartial would be to sit and listen. Right. They, don't, they didn't care. They made up their mind before the trial. That is not an impartial juror. So as far as I'm concerned, that's not even a trial. If you're impartial, you and keep your mouth shut. You down. keep your mouth shut. Right. You keep your mouth mm. shut. And and you, you don't, at the, at the beginning, before the trial even starts, give your verdict. I mean, that's ridiculous. 
Anyway, that's that's in that's really, whoa, that's in my craw, and I really can't so I, because, I can't stand that because you like politics, and he wanted to stop politics. What is that? Uh, I know you're working for the cause of a cause, but how do you view yourself in the work you do? Well, in the work that I do, it, you know, it's all, it's all that. I find I find myself, um, I consider myself an evangelist. Now the so comment, now, then you'd be an, a political evangelist. Uh well, no, a religious. Uh, well, you could say political, religious, both, if you wanted to. The comment majority of evangelists um, have it all wrong, just like the right wing has it all wrong. All right. For the evangelists today, they preach man's gospel rather than preaching the true gospel of God and Christ. The true gospel of God and Christ is the gospel of the mind and the eternal spirit that holds the mind. That's the true gospel. They don't teach that. They teach all different things and all... Well, what they teach is, is a system that supports man's world and man's, man's ideas. Industries, right, and right. What they don't get is that man didn't create the earth. The earth was here before man. Hello? And who created the earth? You didn't, fella. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. You weren't even here. So, what did create everything? And why don't you start honoring that? Well, they don't want it because they want to... Um, they want to honor um, men. Themselves. Themselves, They want right. to honor themselves. Yeah, um, I get it. I have, um, I'm really high on godliness. I'm very high on godliness. And I feel, you know, if you don't act godly, then you are not humane. That's just the way well, I feel yeah, about it. I, I think in their interpretation, God is a dark thing because they act dark. Well, yeah, I mean, I they, they think they're, right, they think they're mm -hmm. acting godly when they're absolutely not acting godly. A man once said to me, your rules for life are impossible to live up to. Well, yeah, they're too high. They're lofty. Right. He, and He's then, not cosmic. That's no, why. He said, your rules for life are impossible to live up to because they take away our humanness. And I thought that was just such an odd thing to say that well, I, I what no what were you going to say no I don't mean to interrupt you it's just do you want to evolve if you want to stay human then you're not going to evolve you have to evolve out of humanness that's what the cosmic Christ ministry is all about Jesus doesn't want you to be human he wants you to evolve out of your humanness into your cosmic spirit which is who you truly are but they worship man above God, so they can't do that. Yeah, I know, they, they haven't evolved. They're, no. They're still cavemen. Oh, oh, my yeah. flesh, my flesh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooga chucka and all that, yeah, <laughs> I get it. So, but anyway, I said to him, I said, if your humanness takes away the life, the health, the shelter, the comfort, the safety, the protection, the defense, and the peace of mind of any life form, any life form, then you're not godly and you really can't call yourself even human and talk about your humanness because to be human, you really have to act humane. So, you know, in my opinion, that's just what humans have to act like. And um, I think that these people who, um, you know, are talking about God and, and who feel they're being godly 
and yet they weren't they being as human gods human gods yeah so they're mortal gods right they cause suffering and they, they that's cause what a hardship right no. it's like come on you know you're wrong a, period you're a wrong a human god is a dominator it physically dominates through physical might physical violence war oppression deprivation there's nothing godly about it there's no supernatural power involved it's a gun or a knife of a fist, it, it it it's all physical. It's uh, uh, caveman. <laughs> it's it's true. That's all. That's, it's true. that's really I, I know. Did I answer all the questions? Did do what? No. What do you hope to achieve by teaching the cosmic Christ message? Oh, okay. I, I love this question, and why I love it is because I'm going to steal something you said. So I'm going to be a thief right now, mm -hmm. an ungodly thief, and I'm going to steal something that you once told me because I really I loved what you said. And this is something that, I, it, it was one of those moments where you go, oh, God, I wish I said that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I had that moment, so. Oh, was that good? Huh? Oh, it was very good, yeah. Okay, so what I wish to achieve is to set all things that are wrong right. I want to set straight all things that humans corrupt. And I want to teach humans the right way of thinking, the right way of action, and the right way of spirit and mind ascension. Because the right way is Christ's way. And I think if you do things truly the right way, then you can't go wrong. So that's that's logical. It is logical. So that's that's what I want to achieve, and I'm very um, and you know, thank you for allowing me to steal that, even though you didn't know I stole it. I don't remember saying it. I know. I I saw <laughs> on your face. You're like, I didn't say this. What you talking about? <laughs> but you did say that to me once, and huh, really? I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Did I and put I, it that way? The way you put it? Uh, well, no, you put it your own way. But you know, hmm. I I embellish everything. So well, I'll take credit for it, but I don't remember saying it. You shared with me your thoughts on this poisoned world, and I'd like you to share them with our audience today. Would you do that, please? Oh, sure, yeah. You know, before I, I go into the poison world, I just wanted to let everybody know that the guidelines for human health are always changing. And when you talk about a poisoned world, you have to remember that the world was created without man, and then man took it over, and interfered with the balance of nature and that's where all these poisons are coming from. So you have to understand that because I had this conversation in a debate once actually and that's really what I'm talking about is all the things that I, we discussed in that debate. And in that particular debate, all the, the my opponent wanted to speak about to me was the fact that um, yeah, well, man isn't the only one that pollutes the planet and and all this. Um, he was talking about, you know, um, uh, swamps can stink and all this stuff, which I, I really, I don't even want to get into. But, you know, he totally and absolutely ignored man's part in the pollution of the but planet. But a swamp is a natural made I know, but body he, of... 
Uh, Swamp. Water. Water. It's na- it's yeah. It's it's natural and um but most people when you talk about this issue, just to let you know, when you talk about pollution uh, the poisons, right, they don't like to associate them with with men. Just to let you know. So you're gonna be offending a lot of people um out there because it um Men are very... Man pollutes the world and doesn't want to know what he's doing. No, nah, he is doesn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to know what he's like doing. Like they it. throw their cigarettes down and set a bush on fire. That wasn't me. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they forget to put the campfire out and burn the whole entire forest. Yeah, you know, it's the, it's the whole, it's the whole thing. But they. Wow. Uh, yeah. So they really can't face themselves. No, they can't face themselves. No, huh. no. Um, so you know, when I heard that first podcast, which I believe it was episode, um. 29 and you know you were talking I believe it was you talking at that particular time and anyway you um, part of the episode you were talking about poison and you know your kids are going to be poisoned you remember that thing you were saying your kids are going to be poisoned yeah, if, if you're your body's poisoned and your baby comes out of your body your baby's poisoned right. too mm-hmm. okay well as I was listening to that you know, psychically, I was just picking up. I don't know, probably it was audience members, but you know, I was hearing people saying, "Well, I just came back from the doctor, and my I just took my child to the doctor, and, and we had perfect health." I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with us. So you're wrong. Not everybody is poisoned by the poison air and the poison ground and the poisoned water. But what they don't realize is, you know, it's it's great that they have perfect health. It's also great that they, uh, they're doctors of their gods. Well, uh, yeah. You know, it's great that they have perfect health, or rather that they think they have perfect health, or they're happy that their doctor told them they have a clean bill of health. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I don't trust but, doctors. Well, no, I don't either. I'm, I'm holistic myself, um, the way mm-hmm. God wanted me to be, because I'm godly. But anyway, <laughs> besides that, as I said, remember the very first thing I said? The guidelines for human health are always changing. So as far as... A clean bill of health goes. That's great. You have one today. Wait till tomorrow. But anyway, besides that, I I am a um a healthcare worker. So you know I'm really into this you know health stuff. And according you know to the health standards um, today, you know it's wonderful that these people are coming out healthy. But this, make no mistake. But what are you gonna this say? This is 2021. 2021. Oh. Yeah. But you know make no mistake. In thinking that the health standards stay uniform throughout the years because they don't. Medical science must adjust to the health standards according to the health of the planet. Okay, that's a very important thing. And you got this from where? I got, oh, uh, this is, well, this is actually just a fact, but you just go online and you can, you know, you, it'll tell you this anyway. Yeah, but what side? Uh, well, oh, I don't know, because I had this, this, oh my God, this goes years back. This is years back in my debate. This oh. is, yeah, I'm taking this right from, you know, my debate. I, I really, I have no idea. But the, um, it's, it's the truth. You, anyone can jump online and see this. A human being is only as healthy as the pollutants allow them to be. In other words, there's a scale of numbers that the medical profession must use to test a person's general health and well-being. And this is adjusted according to the times we live in. Hmm. As a caretaker, I can tell you that our mother had diabetes and renal failure 
and the normal general guidelines for blood pressure and blood sugar. This is back in uh, early now, 2000. Yeah, very, very early 2000. And um, now they, they, they've changed. How do I know this? How do I know that they've changed? Because, because they knew our mother's guidelines. Right, and now I take care of another woman, and the guidelines are absolutely not the same. So they have to change, and they have to adjust, you know. And this is, they don't, I'm not talking about individual diseases. These are general guidelines for all human health. If you, you want good human health, these are the guidelines for good human health, not the guidelines for, oh, well, she had renal failure or, or diabetes, which she also had. But no. This is um, for all general human health. This is even without a disease or anything, all right? Uh, these medical tests must fluctuate to fit the times. Uh, about this, you know, as long as we're talking about this, I just wanted to say that uh, Jesus gave me a message, and um, I, I'd like to read it to you if that's okay. Of course it's okay. We all want to hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus said to me, do not teach or reinstate the old, archaic, and inferior values that have led to the current way of thinking in men. But this way of thinking has resulted in the poor quality of man's mind. When a man's mind is poor, their actions, behavior, inventions, and ideas are also of poor quality. The poor quality in the inventions that men toil over lead to states of hardship, suffering, death, and unhealthy, non-productive lifestyles. Men of poor quality poison the world with foods, medicines, and technologies, and in doing so they poison their own temples. And when the human temple is poisoned, so shall all of their offspring also be poisoned. These things that men do to create poisons are not positive to the higher alpha mind, for the higher alpha mind records all that man does. It is time to teach man how to invent new things, natural things, and it is also time to show man a new positive way of living. Men like to think that they know all the answers, but men are not wise nor are they positive in their ways. Men take their best intelligent guess concerning what is right for themselves, the world, and all living beings, and most times they are wrong. Take man's medicines, for instance. Man's medical science is a series of unpredictable side effects and mishaps, all because they corrupt and manipulate what is natural, rather than working with what is natural to cure, heal, and feed their flocks. Men does this to all of the earth's creations. Through their cures and breeding of life and in their stealing and manipulation of resources, they destroy what is natural in favor of what is man made. Even in their diagnosis of what is truly natural and healthy, they must alter their findings in order to compensate for the interference and manipulations of nature. Yea, men do not care that through their trials and errors of inventing and administering poisons, 
Their poisons result in suffering, hardship, death, and the illness of many, while they think they are the masters of the natural world. Because men are human death machines, they only know how to invent other death machines in the form of chemicals, materials, technologies, tools, weapons, vehicles, fuels, electronic devices, pills, potions, poisons, elixirs, and food. The complications and negative consequences of man's cures, modern conveniences, and betterments ultimately destroy and alter God's perfect natural world. Wow. How long ago did you channel that? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was a long time ago. I have these messages with dates on them, but in the book itself, I don't put the dates. I have a separate sheet. You know, before my books became books, which, by the way, this is from The Positive Thinking of Christ. Before my books became books, I actually um, wrote down the messages. Your books are called the Jesuitian Series of Teachings. That's it, yeah. No, wait a minute. It's the Jesuitian University Series of series Teachings. Series of Teachings, yeah. And uh, he made that the name of the Jesuitian. And I believe in one of the prior episodes you were talking about that name, the Liberation of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, I remember you doing that. Liberation of Jesus that. Christ from the cross because he is no longer on the cross. He's now spirit, mind, cosmic Christ, and uh, right. there's no flesh component. No. No, but I mean, he, I'm sure he says these to, you know, the other people who he channels to, because, you know, he said something similar to you, he says something similar to me, so I'm sure um, other people who hear him, you know, he says, you know, things in it, he just puts them different ways, he says these same things in different ways. These uncertain medical diagnoses, and um, is that even a word, diagnoses? <laughs> I don't know. Are you reading from another, another message? What? No, no. I'm trying to think of the, you know, I, I was starting to say that word, and I was like, that well, sounded funny. a doctor gives you a diagnosis. Many doctors would give you many diagnoses. I don't know. <laughs> you have to look it up. I don't know. Okay, but anyway, uh, you know, when the doctors diagnose you, all right, and um, they use these special guidelines, which have to be, um, you know, there has to be fluctuations in them, um, you can see that it's not just in the medical profession. It's also in the Food and Drug Administration. When I say this, I'm sure you and everybody who hears this is going to say, oh, yeah, they do do that. But one minute something is bad for you, and then the next it's not as bad as they thought it was. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, you know something, Mercy? The Food and Drug Administration regulates organic food when there isn't even, even any such thing. Well, no, I know that. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, they're always doing They're constantly yeah, if, doing this. If the government's going to regulate an oxymoron, it makes the government a moron. Yeah, I know. It's true. But, you know, when you think about this, when you think about, oh, you know, this is bad for you. Don't eat this because it does this, that, and the other thing, you know. You know, well, it's less bad for you than the synthetic drugs. You know, I, I love those commercials of the, of the synthetic drugs. You know, you know, causes this, causes that, causes this, causes the other thing, may cause death. 
I mean, <laughs> I love it when you listen to these commercials. It's like, you know, you know, try such and such today. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm going to see if it's going to kill me. You know, it's the same thing. But anyway, the reason why the food that, that we eat and um, the drugs, the reason why one day they're bad and the next day they're not bad, and sometimes they even have to pull them from the market because of, <laughs> you know, that they really were bad. They were worse than they thought. But the reason for this is, again, when it, something is considered bad and then it's it's okay you we you know we changed our mind it's okay this is kind of good we don't know what uh, we're doing oh, well they don't know what they're doing but the fact of the matter is that it's because the bad thing we've been eating for so long that our bodies adjusted to the poisons so now you know it's normal the reaction our body is having now is 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 it's normal now because yeah. it do you know what is the most uh, frightening thought? Most people are scared to death to die. I'm scared to death that the pollution that I've eaten already is preserving me, so I won't. I know. Isn't that, oh, that's horrible. It's I terrifying. Think, I think of that all the time, all the time. It's like, God Almighty, what is in my system? My God. You know, I, oh, I can't stand it, really. You know, this, this poisonous world is just too much to take. You know, Christ's whole teaching process is to awaken the human mind. It, literally, Christ is telling the people, you know, wake up. Sever your ties to dullness. You know, realize what's going on here. Your human bodies are now too polluted for you to even try to save them. But, you know, your mind, you can still salvage your mind and that's basically what he is telling everybody you know you can salvage your mind you can't salvage your body you already destroyed that you destroyed the world you destroyed your bodies but try to salvage your mind because it you know your mind is going to live on even after the world even after your your body is you know gone and well, this what no i was just gonna say the mind's the final frontier well it is the final frontier when the it body is. dies the mind still leaves the spirit doesn't just leave the body it has a mind. It's your mind that it has. Right. So you leave with the spirit and you go somewhere where that place is, is largely determined by your own polarity, which is largely determined by the polarity of the thoughts you hold. Exactly. Right. If you hold high thoughts, you'll have a high polarity. So you'll go to a uh, high but place. It's not just your thoughts, your recordings. <laughs> you know, where you go. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, you know, you record yeah. your experiences. Exactly, you know. exactly. Well, you have the higher and the lower mind. The lower mind would hold everything low, including your lower recordings. The higher mind really doesn't record anything. The, it's the, the No, the lower mind, mind is the recorder. Yeah, the higher yeah. mind is actually free. Right. But in order to... Um, if you passed over and you would live in the redundancy of your recycled information until you learned to get out of your recycled information... And then if you pushed upward, you could go into your higher mind. And then in your higher mind, you would be vast and free and clear. But it isn't that easy to do if you have not done the work while you are alive to understand what I'm even talking about. No. Uh, and if you did understand what I was talking about, you'd understand everything else I'm saying. Well, people don't... Because that higher mind is involved in these cosmic teachings. Yeah, people don't 
realize you know what you're saying i'm gonna give another example i don't I, you know i'm constantly bringing up my psychic experiences and i really didn't mean to why you're but, a psychic no i know but it's a fascinating thing what you what you're talking as a psychic well it is it's, it's very fascinating i'm not a and, psychic well that's really not true you know i can't really say that i but my, i'm a different type yeah but you know i have very strong visions and what we're talking about is reminding me of something we were actually talking about this today earlier today and um, talking about the mind and you know you can salvage the mind and then I just said you know part of uh, part of where you go um, you said is your thoughts and I said and also your recordings that's part of where you go well um, when I was reading this woman I'm going to talk about that the time I was um, doing a uh, show for um, a psychic um, show a reading but they call it a psychic show for um, in a business yeah you did a corporate party yeah I, I a corporate that's uh, yeah that's oh, you. I recorded the whole thing yeah yeah in the corporate um, place there was this woman who a worker and she wanted to um, she wanted me to read her and I knew nothing about her I don't know I anything about my clients and in fact when I have a client I always tell them please don't tell me anything about yourself let me see what I can pick up and I wasn't speaking with her for very long a couple of minutes wasn't it just a couple of minutes yeah you were just in the introduction introductory uh, stage right. yeah. and in that introductory stage um i felt a spirit come over me completely possessed me um i'm very aware of though possession so I, I understood that you know he was possessing me and he was yelling and he was cursing out this woman and um he wanted her to die he wanted her to join him in the car accident that killed him because he blamed her that the accident happened at all now those were his last recordings and they stayed with him so when he died he went to that last place where he was, which was thinking of this. This put him in such turmoil that he's still there today. And this, um, at that particular time, it happened um, two years ago. But for two years, he has been in that place. Now, uh, you know, I have not seen that girl again. But he's probably still in that same place. And I brought him up because it, you know, I do think your recordings do play a part in where you go in the afterlife once your mind is released it's very important to keep those recordings um free of torment it's you know or you might be trapped like he was in that torment this girl um and he had a fight they were at a party and he wanted to go home and the girl said no i'm not going with you you know get out of here I don't want anything to do with you I found this out afterwards um, she explained to me what I was feeling so he left her and got into a car accident and he died his car went into a tree and when he was in me possessing me I knew exactly how he felt I knew where his anger was stemming from he thought if she was with him he wouldn't have died because she would have been with him and that's what he wanted he blamed his death on her because he was so upset that she didn't come with him he was driving too fast so she blamed 
I mean, he blamed her for his own driving too fast and getting into that accident. Yes, he had no self-control. And he didn't want to take responsibility for his own lack of self-control. I think it's very hard for some spirits to have self-control if they died. Without any. Right, without any. Mm -hmm. Getting back to what I was talking about, about how man's mind can be salvaged. Um, this is something that the Bible has told man over and over again. Before each early civilization of man died out, in fact, man was warned, you know, not to pollute the earth, not to do what he did. Now, people would say to you, well, there's no scripture that says that. But there are scriptures that imply that, and we'll get to those in a minute. What I want to really get to right now is the fact that I said you can salvage your mind even though you cannot salvage your body. All during the Bible, men were told, take care of your mind. John 6.63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. In Ephesians 4.23, it tells us that the mind and the spirit are one. In Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, also in Ephesians 4.23, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Colossian 3.10, put on a new self, be renewed in the knowledge of your creator, become like him. Romans 8.6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Men governed by the flesh, they don't even think about their minds. They serve only their self-interest and their self-indulgence. They ignored all of the warnings and now through their own inept and inferior ways, the world is now in the condition that it's in. So now let's talk about what we were talking about before. Um, scriptures that imply do not pollute the world. Genesis 1.29, man was told, eat only vegetation. Vegetation shall be your only food. Did man heed that warning? No. Man did not heed the warning. And now animal agriculture is the planet's leading source of ocean dead zones, deforestation, biodiversity loss, species extinction, water and air pollution, global warming, climate change, and habitat destruction. So although they were not told directly, do not pollute the earth, they were told, don't eat meat, eat vegetation. Why were they told that? Because if they started to eat meat, then what would happen? The world would become polluted. And I love this one. This is my favorite scripture of all times. Um, this one is Leviticus 25.7 And for your cattle and for the wild animals that are in your land all its yield shall be food 
But man destroys the lands, and man destroys the yield, taking all the land, trees, and food for themselves, and leaving nothing, no homes, no lands, no yield for the animals. I think that's very important. I think even saying that shows man, hey, don't pollute the world, come on. You know, don't be greedy, don't be self-serving. Now, humans will say to you that oil and coal are gifts from God. I hear that all the time in my debates. But this is not true. And nowhere in the Bible, incidentally, there, there is no scripture in the Bible that says this. When I talk about this to um, the people who I debate with, my opponents, they always tell me, you know, we're doing environmental stewardship by hunting and taking all the resources from the earth and using them. And I keep telling them, no, you're not. That's not environmental stewardship. It's, it's an abomination. It's an abomination to the planet. It's an abomination to God. But they don't believe that. Men actually feel that they are doing environmental stewardship by destroying the planet. Now, going back to oil and coal, because when I tell people there are no scriptures in the Bible that lets you take the oil and coal from the earth. I mean, God does not give this to you. You were not given the oil and the coal. You took that for yourself. And to that, they always reply to me with Isaiah 60.5. In Isaiah 60.5, men are told, the wealth of the seas will be brought to you. It does not say to take and steal from the sea. It never says that. But they believe that that verse gives them the authority and the right to rape the ocean. The wealth of the ocean, they don't even think of this, but the wealth of the ocean lies in the thermal energy from the sun and the mechanical energy from the tides and the waves. Even in the King James Bible, Isaiah 60.5, when, when they talk about that, they tell man that the wealth of the sea will be turned to them. So what turns in the water? What turns in the water is the tide, the turn of the tide. You do not say the turn of the oil, the turn of the coal, or the turn of the fish and sea life. Wow, that was fantastic. It gives me chills because it's so, well, first of all, it's prophetic. This, the, the, to know what happened today and to hear the scriptures is, first of all, prophetic, what the scriptures were talking about. And second of all, it's very ethereal, and it's just so metaphysical. The Bible wasn't written for the flesh world. The Bible was really based on metaphysical science. And men missed this completely because they were all focused on the flesh world. Men don't even realize that the flesh is the end product of the metaphysical universe. And to know that someone from the metaphysical universe 
was speaking to people and talking about metaphysical science is just, to me, it's chilling because uh, I just love metaphysics. I, I love the spirit and I just love metaphysics. But, you know, to think that, that they're still talking today. Oh, they're still talking They're still today talking today. About it, yeah. Because they're very concerned. They don't know what will happen. This is, this is the last of it. Every other civilization of man, the world wasn't this populated. So when the other civilizations died out, I mean, there was so much space on the earth, you know? There wasn't that many people on the earth in these earlier civilizations. Now the planet is swarmed. So from one corner to another corner, you have just nothing but humans because they just don't know how to stop procreating. And um, so they don't know what's going to happen when, you know, the end of life comes. They assume because waves can't be destroyed, waves will continue to create. But it's going to take a long time to clean the environment and start again. And um, they tell me man's not going to be involved in the next project because he ruined this project. He has no good information to feed a new project with because all, all his information is centered around destruction. Nothing can be created out of destruction, so they won't be using him at all. They also believe that the waves will probably just continue on until they can find another planet, and then life will begin all over again on another planet. But man won't be on it because he destroyed the first one and doesn't have anything good to offer but destructive thoughts. Well, but they say that man destroyed Mars, too. I mean, so, I mean, this isn't the it's first planet. believe that. Scientists believe that because of the pollutants in the air there. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, and this, it, they say that this planet is, like, taking the same turn. Mm. So. Mars, I read that, and I think Mother has a dissertation on that. Or uh, Jesus. Uh, it could be all three of them. I don't know. And they discuss that, too. And uh, it's very likely... We're going to wrap now, and we'll be continuing this on the next Cosmic Christ podcast, Special Edition Part 3. I'm Reva Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.